I'm, I, I do use syntax highlighting, but uh, I'm more and more turned off by syntax highlighting. What? What? You don't like syntax highlighting? Yeah. You sound like an old grumpy man. <laughs> I mean, I am an old grumpy man, Connor. I am an old grumpy man. <laughs> Welcome to ADSP, the podcast, episode 67, recorded on February 5th, 2022. My name is Connor, and today with my co-host Bryce, we talk about how to get started with C++. New episode. This is going to be episode like 68 or something. Who knows? Um, This is coming out probably in March of uh, 2022. We had a person. Uh, his name, Jeff Erickson. Shout out to Jeff Erickson. Hello, Mr. Erickson. And he sent me a sort of episode request. So Bryce has gotten zero. Uh, this is he's going to be off the cuff responding. Uh, but we're going to go ahead. We're going to go ahead and read I'm this ready. message from Jeff Erickson, and then we're going to get. Uh, we're going to answer this live. Hey, Connor, Jeff here. I'm a huge fan of your YouTube stuff as well as ADSP. Well, uh, thank you, Jeff. Uh, It's kind of you to say so. I wanted to write to say that while sometimes you might think that the audience of ADSP is a bunch of C++ people who also want to branch out, I think there are also a lot of people like me. That is, people with 10 plus years as an engineer who have never touched C++. Personally, I've worked in Python, R, Go, Perl, and SQL. I've also been interested in functional languages, and I'll be honest that I hadn't given C++ much thought since I've avoided it until now, until I started listening to ADSP. Listen to that, Bryce. We're making, we're changing, we're changing people's views. I love this guy. (laughs) Hear that, Jeff? Bryce loves you. Uh, But now, I am C++ curious. So I thought it might be worth suggesting to you to do an episode on ADSP where you talk about why you guys like C++ and talk about how someone without any experience could try it out or get started or inspired. C++ is one of those languages that, to me at least, feels so big and massive that it's extremely intimidating to start learning it as a 35-year-old who isn't learning it in school. What resources would or could get someone's feet wet enough to tell them if they should continue the journey? And also... I think it would be worthwhile to describe your dev tooling, also since that too has been a huge black box with to me with respect to C++. Maybe it's just the circles we find ourselves in, but I feel that while the newer, cooler languages, in quotations, get a lot of action in terms of interesting books to read and cool tooling to improve your dev environment, languages like C++ don't seem to get the same treatment. As experienced C++ people yourselves, maybe that is less clear to you. If it's not episode worthy, if you could at least maybe give me a few tips for starting points, I'd really appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. So, Jeff, I think it's a great episode idea. And now we're going to get Bryce Bryce's response. So the question is, in the midst of that uh, big, long message, is that, you know, how does someone get started uh, now that they're C++ curious when they're not learning it in school? Where do you begin? What resources would you recommend? And what about the tooling setup? Bryce, go. Um, so let, let's start off with why I like C++. Um, I think, actually, if you go back, um, one of our earlier episodes, we talked about how many programming languages should you learn. And uh, I took the position of, eh, you only really need, need to learn one or two. And Connor took the position of, learn all the programming languages. <laughs> and I actually think that's one of the nice things about C++ is its versatility. Um uh, C++ is a multi-paradigm programming language. I think that is really the defining characteristic of C++ as a programming language. Um, 
that you can, um, you know, it's an, it's an imperative language. It maps very closely down to hardware, um, but also it's, it's, you know, an object-oriented language. It's a generic language. It's a functional language. So you can, you can um, use a, a wide variety of different programming paradigms and techniques. And I think more importantly, you can combine those different techniques together. Um, and so for me, one of the things that's appealing about C++ is that, um, uh, you know, for systems programming tasks, you can, you can use it for, for like almost anything um, and, uh, and not be restricted to a particular way of programming. Um, it gives you many different choices and options. Um, you know, sometimes some of those are foot guns, which people don't love. Um, but that, that to me is a big part of the appeal. Now, now the, it doesn't mean that you can actually only learn C++ because um, it's, you know, a, as a sort of a systems programming language, um, something that you use to write, you know, underlying things. And as a compiled language, it's not, you know, as nimble as something like Python. Um, but if you're in that space of writing, um, you know, uh, something that needs to, some sort of system software, something that needs to be high performance um, or that, that needs to talk to hardware, talk to operating systems, et cetera. Um, or, you know, a lot of the meat behind a lot of the things that we actually use end up getting written in C++. Um, and to me, part of the appeal is that, like, you can, you can learn this one skill, how to, like, program in C++, and then there's just a very wide variety of things that you can do with it. Um, so I think to me that's like part of the appeal and the magic of it, um, especially as compared to other, um, uh, to other systems programming languages. Yeah, one thing I'll echo, because a lot of the, I like C++ for the same reason. I will say, on a small tangent, once again at the Denver C++ meetup, which I think got mentioned a couple episodes, the most recent topic was like an open conversation on what makes programming fun. And at one point I mentioned in the chat that I said, you know, C++ is not fun in parentheses relative to other languages, which was kind of just a provocative thing to say um, because I like APL better. Um, <laughs> but um, what, like the thing that I really like about C++, especially compared to languages like Go, is Go is not programming language enthusiasts language meaning that they really want you to do everything sort of one way. Like that's sort of the, the thing about Go is that they've got sort of one way to do it and all Go code tends to be very, very similar. And so you can hop from one code base to another code base and sort of the tribal knowledge of that sort of code base is very small. So you can ramp up extremely quickly. It's a high productivity language. Uh, but that means that if there's, you know, there's not a lot of options as a programmer for how you want to do something. Whereas in C++, it's the exact opposite. There, like C++... If anything, there's too many options. Exactly. And which, as a programming language enthusiast, I get to choose the style. Do I want to code functionally? Do I want to code, you know, small talk, you know, OO-ishly with messages and, you know, that kind of style. Like, I, you can code in whatever style you want. You want to code, you know, basically with just C with classes? You can do that as well. Which... Leads to issues if you don't have agreement with your coworkers on like how you want to program. Yeah, it's it's like one of the reasons why you know coding styles and code guidelines are so important in C plus plus 
And I feel yeah. like there's some other programming languages where maybe like people who program in those languages, like this idea that it's important to have coding styles might be foreign because they're just so used to like, this is the way that you write code in this language, but in C++, exactly. <laughs> Oh, there boy, are many different flavors and that's the whole thing is you know the python ecosystem as well like it's not as much the same as go but they try to layer that you know the zen of python there's one way to write code and just you know black is the formatter that everyone uses python once again they try to sort of like idiomatic python the zen of python is like there's one clear way to do things whereas in c++ there's never one clear way to do things <laughs> there's like literally c++ 11 14 17 20 the way you're going to do metaprogramming uh, is vastly different <laughs> in each one of those because we got if const expert in C plus plus seventeen, we got concepts in C plus plus twenty, uh, we got const expert in C plus plus eleven, and you know more and more const expert stuff with every edition. Like how you do metaprogramming is like drastically different in every single standard, yeah. which is definitely a thing that is intimidating. Um, well, well, it's like I used to say this. Mostly, I used to say it's about Java, and you know what? I'll I'll shit on Java a little bit. <laughs> Juicy content. Woo, woo, say, here we go. You know, there's there's bad C code out there, but there's also like good C code out there. Whereas for a language like Java, there's only really mediocre Java code. That's <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> I myself love all programming languages. And I'm not even gonna say even Java. I'm just gonna say Java, like is included. You know, there's no even there. It's all programming languages I, I, so fun get a little fact. heart. Fun fact, when I was at LSU, um, uh, working, like, my first six months there before I was a student, when I was just, like, a college dropout working at the research center, um, uh, I worked with this professor, Steve Brandt, and for reasons that are still beyond me, he asked me to substitute teach for his, like, intro programming course one day, and... It was, he was more of a programming languages guy like you. Actually, we should have him on the podcast sometimes because I just realized that you two are like shockingly similar in your programming language uh, tastes. Um, although he was like, like this, was, this was a guy who, if, if I needed like a script for something, I could email him with a rough, rough description and he would send back like the most obscure uh, obfuscated Perl script that you could imagine. Like, no comments, no line breaks, and it would do exactly what I wanted, but I'd never know how it worked. Um, but um, then I substitute taught for this Java class for, like, one class. I didn't know anything about Java. I'm not, like, literally, I'd never written a line of Java code in my class, in my life. But somehow I got through it. I think the students did not realize that I had never written Java code. I think there was, it was like early in the semester, so they were still like learning about fundamental data types. And so I just was like, oh, it's like, you know, fundamental data types, they're basically the same in all the languages. I can just teach them. <laughs> Strings, just plus equal, right? <laughs> yeah. But um, that, was, that was the one time that I taught a college course. <laughs> was a, was a, an intro to programming class in Java. Yeah. All right. Well, back to Jeff's question. So that's, yeah. why, that's why we like C++. Because you can do whatever you want, basically. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, when you compare it to sort of the other... That's actually, he asks a follow-up question if we have thoughts on Rust or C++. But I feel like we should save that to uh, for another episode when we bring someone on that actually knows about Rust. And then we can go back and forth. But So that's why we like C++. 
What do you recommend for someone that wants to start learning? I get this question a lot. I, a lot of people ask me about like book recommendations and that's always tough for me because I don't really read programming books. The circumstances that I will read programming books is if like one of my, somebody that I know has written a programming book and like I get sent a copy of it, um, like then I'll like read it. You know, I saw you tweet about uh, Kate Gregory and Guy Davidson's yeah. book the other day. Yeah. Um, and like I've got, you know, I've read Titus's software engineering at Google book, but that's not really a programming book. That's a, that's a software engineering book. There aren't a lot of those. Um, I'm looking at my shelf here. Um, I've read some of Lakos's books. Um, that's John yeah, Lakos like, from Bloomberg. But, but I don't like me going to read a programming book. I guess the only two programming books that I've really ever read have been Elements of Programming and the Structure and Interpretation of Computer Programs and parts of The Art of Computer Programming, Volume 2 and Volume 3, because I only have Volume 2 and Volume 3, as we discussed in an earlier episode. I was gifted those by my mentor, Hartmut Kaiser, and I asked, where are the other volumes? And he's like, you don't really need those. Um, I think I don't think that that was his real answer. I think he just didn't know where they were. <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah i've never really been like a book learner so that's always tough for me i mean the way that i i when i started programming i think we've discussed this in the podcast before i was i wanted to create a text-based game of mud um and uh i was working this guy and we were writing it in c plus plus and so he was like teaching me a little bit about c plus plus and then he used like boost you know, one of the boost algorithms for like string splitting and then it had a bug in it and I went like, you know, fix the bug and then I quickly got involved in boost. And this was like in like month two or three of me teaching myself to program. Um, so for me, like the way that I learn and get started is I just like start, like I learn by doing, I learn by example. Um, so it's hard for me to recommend learning materials because I have not often used learning materials. I just like to dive right in. I don't know. Do you have books or resources? <laughs> Something more useful than what I just said. I mean, when I really dived into C++, the books that I tore through were Scott Myers books, um, the effective C++, more effective C++, effective modern C++, and I feel then like the effective we should, STL we book. We should publish a book, most effective C++. <laughs> Um, those are great, although I'm actually not sure how they've aged. I think they do actually age quite well, although now that like 1720 are out, I'm sure that there's some stuff that's out of date. And I would definitely say that uh, finding, I always try and find a online sort of playground. I don't have, I don't have more effective C++. I only have effective C++. Do you have more effective C++? I mean, the one thing I do like about, I do particularly like effective C++ and more effective C++ because um, it's not, it's a book that's a list of specific things. And like, that's something that I can use is like, you give me like a list of like ways to do things. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like, I feel like most of this is still pretty applicable. Familiar size, familiarize yourself with the standard library, including TR1. That's less applicable. Familiarize yourself with Boost. Even though I am a Boost person and I start enough with Boost, I feel like that is actually less applicable these days. Um, yeah, 
I don't know how applicable this this book. I feel like I feel like effective C plus plus, um, and a lot of C plus plus books of that era um, are much more focused on object oriented design um, than on other parts of the language. Um, and at least for me, um, it is very rare in my work that questions of uh, the design of inheritance hierarchies or polymorphic objects um, uh, comes up. Um, almost always it's questions of library and interface design. Um, uh, and with simple or relatively simple vocabulary types. Yeah. So yeah, I, if, if you're looking for a book, honestly, I would just Google like C plus plus twenty. There's like five or six C plus plus twenty books out there. So and I then think I, I would actually recommend Beautiful C plus plus because it is a book in the style of like for me it's a good book because it's a book in the style of effective C plus plus and that it's like concrete list of I think it's hang on I'll I'll get the copy. Um, Thirty core guidelines for writing clean, safe, and fast code. So it's like 30 concrete things that you can learn and like, or like 30 mantras or takeaway lessons. Um, and, uh, and it's just been published. So it's fairly up to date. Um, yeah. And I would say the, yeah, one of the most useful tools is a uh, compiler explorer, which is basically an online uh, compiler that you can just go write your C plus plus code in the browser. And at least while you're learning, unless if the way you're going to start learning is by building some project, um, I would just sort of code there because it's, it's awesome. Like even half the time when I do development, if I can sandbox it and build up a prototype, I'll just do it in Godbolt. Um, yeah, I, I do find Godbolt to be a very good resource for learning. Um, and I use it a lot day to day because if I just want to go answer a quick question about how does something work in C++, um, you know, going and doing it on my laptop involves like, you know, I have to go put a file somewhere, then I have to go find a compiler that works. Um, and it's like Godbolt, it's just the turnaround time is so much quicker. Um, yeah. Yeah, I actually, I actually, I think I'm going to be bold and say that, you know, I, 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 I rarely... <laughs> I rarely actually like endorse a book because again, like I don't really read them that much, but I really did like beautiful C++. I feel like it's, it is a better version of effective or more effective C++ that has like the guidelines and the rules that I would want to have. So yeah, that, that one, that one has my stamp of approval, but I don't know. I, I like, I think it's good. I think that sort of book's good if you already know the language and you want to know how to write it good. It's maybe not the best for learning the language. Yeah. Do we want to talk about tooling? Well, I think we just did. We talked about Godbolt. I, I know, but like outside of Compiler Explorer, I would say like the way that I develop right now is with VS Code and a bunch of extensions. So Clang Format, Clang Tidy. And you can, I think, I think Jason Turner, I'd probably point you to C++ Weekly because he basically has like a short five to 10 minute video on every topic under the sun. And I'm pretty sure he's got one on Clang Format and he's got one on Clang Tidy. And I think Jason Turner even has like a little starter 
CMake project that has all that stuff set up from the get-go? I feel like my answer is going to not be very helpful here. Um, Which is that what? <laughs> I use Vim. I've only ever used Vim. I started off my career on supercomputers. And, uh, you know, when you work in supercomputing, you often... You have to go and do stuff on some obscure system somewhere that's running like rel like a red hat release that was put out you know before like when you were in high school and there's like no graphical user interface there's no nice things and like you gotta you gotta edit some code there and so you know them is the thing that like you can reliably have on those platforms and or you can easily install um, or build yourself because I've had to do that many, many a time because the platform had too ancient a version of them for me to work with. Um, and it's like lightweight and I've got a little Vim config that I've built up over the years that mostly functions and I copy that from system to system. And that's, uh, that's what I use for my editor. And like I don't use many Vim features. Um, one of my colleagues, Mihao, has pointed out that like I don't really know how to use Vim. I don't know all of the like every every time he's I'm screen sharing and I'm using Vim, he like teaches me a new thing. And I'm like, wow, that's gonna save me so much time. Um, I don't have it like cooked up with any of the like IDE features. I don't use anything like C tags. Um, uh, I've never used Clang format. Um, I, I do use syntax highlighting, but uh, I'm more and more turned off by syntax highlighting. What? What? You don't like syntax highlighting? Yeah. You sound like an old grumpy man. <laughs> I mean, I am an old grumpy man, Connor. I am an old grumpy man. Um, I mean, I I usually... I usually use CMake, but for a lot of like little projects, I just write a bash script that calls the compiler that I need. <laughs> I mean, my my development life is held together by bash scripts, so that's me. Um, yeah, I have used. I did use recently the um, God. What is it? I, I tweeted about it. I needed to like do a PR on just on GitHub. I didn't want to check out anything locally. And I used the like online VS code thingy on GitHub, where if you, if you like change the starting URL of a link to something on GitHub, it then drops you into this like online VS code developer environment. Isn't it just control period as well? The shortcut here, let's go try. (laughs) Let's go try. Yeah, if I go control dot shift dot, yeah, shift dot shift dot. setting setting up the web editor, yeah. Yeah, it's it's if you change it from GitHub.com to GitHub.dev, then it drops you into this development environment. And I was amazed, listener. Like I was like, I need to make this change where I need to change two files and then like submit a PR. And usually, like, on the GitHub website, if you need to change one file and submit a PR, that's easy to do. But if you need to change two files and turn them into a PR, that's tricky. And I was like, I don't want to check this repo out. I have, like, 10 minutes before I need to leave. But, like, I need this change in because, like, our CI is broken. And um, I was able to just, like, like, I didn't do shift dot, but I did, like, I just changed the URL from GitHub.com to GitHub.dev. It dropped me into this environment. I was like able to open up a branch 
Uh, I was able to like make my changes and like, it was just amazing how quickly it was done. And I was like, this is how I want to write code now. Um, so yeah, but I, 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 I only casually use VS code. My like day, day to day go-to editor is Vim. But, but don't, but don't, don't, don't be like me. Don't like Jeff, don't. Don't listen to like like just because I do things this way like you should do things the way that Connor described like use VS Code, uh, uh, use clean title like you do all of those things do all of those good things don't be like me don't be like me I am I, I am a bad programmer which is why I mostly don't write code anymore. Yep, C plus plus is awesome. Use uh, Compiler Explorer, choose whatever book you want. I would also recommend, check the show notes. I'll add a list to like the list of talks that the SG, was it 20? Whatever the education um, study group is for the yeah, C++ committee. Um, they put together a list of like top talks that cover sort of different things. Um, if it's not included, it definitely should be. Jason Turner has a talk that's like, you know, why I love C++ and it covers the 25 things that he really speaking, likes speaking about it. Speaking of best talks, when I was submitting, submitting for C++ North, I was pleasantly surprised to notice that my talk was listed, my C++ 17 features talk was listed as one of the like talks to, like you should, your talks should aspire <laughs> to be like this. And I'm like, ah, Connor put that there for me. <laughs> well, but and that talk like did not go great because I had syntax highlighting on my slides and the blues were too dark for people to read and like I had to like deal with that mid talk. I don't know how it came out on, on the recording, but that was rough. Mm -hmm. I think maybe I re-recorded because it was bad enough. I made them re-record it. Yep, CPP North. Uh, I mean, call for papers is closed, but I mean, nice try. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next year <laughs> at this yeah, point. But, but you, you still want people to go to your conference, right? <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. I will probably have to start splicing in. Uh... You're going to throw a – so that conference is like the week of my birthday. So you're going to throw a ridiculous birthday party for me, right? Uh, sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> like, come to Toronto. You, you, should, you need to start planning that right now. <laughs> <laughs> should I? We'll get Louie out from uh... – Louie out. We'll get Michael out as well. Yeah. Get all the, no, like, all the... Yeah, you should be like you should be coordinating with my mother. Like you should be. There's a lot of things you should be doing right here. You have responsibility. Sending the pigeons out to the ducks to let them know to all come. Uh, yes, make sure exactly. that you're in town. Yeah. So Jeff, I'm not sure if we really did a good job answering your question. I feel uh, like you did a good job of answering the question. <laughs> you know, don't be like Bryce when it comes to programming. Apparently. Yeah. But yeah, I mean C plus plus. Is uh, it's a great language. He, a lot of great jobs out there. I mean, well, honestly, I mean, that's yeah, he, he, one of the things he asked was like how to get started. And like, I legitimately think the best way to get started is to just do something, do some project. Yeah, just dive in. C plus plus. Um, doesn't really matter what. Um, I feel like I feel like a lot of the times, although it sounds like Jeff's a pretty motivated person, but a lot of the times when I get that question, I'll get people like just randomly pinging me, being like, "Hey, I'm interested in topic X. Like, how do I get started?" and a lot of the times it's like, just dive in. Just like, it doesn't yeah. matter what talk or what book or, you know, what pod, find what you like, you know, whether it's audio form or whether it's, uh, you know, video lecture form or whether it's book form or whether it's just literally exploring the language and, you know, breaking things. Um, find what method you like the best and just do that. Like the, the hardest part is putting the time in. I feel like people, 
maybe get a mental block here because they think that becoming a C plus like becoming a programmer or learning a C plus plus or learning any new like tech skill, they think that it's like becoming a lawyer. Like, you know, like what are the what are the things you know that I have yeah. to do to become a lawyer? Like, you know, like there, there's like this one path that you have to go through and you have to go get into law school and then you have to get a law degree and then you have to, you know, pass a bar exam in the United States. It's like there, there's no there's no certification for being a C++ programmer. Um, and, you know, like, like I would say like, there are some things that are like certifications of programs, you know, in tech. Um, and I think some people think like, oh, well, I go do this and then I'm, you know, then I will be qualified because I'll have the piece of paper. And I don't think, I think that's what like trips people up. It's like that you're thinking that there's like some like fixed or set roadmap um, for you to like, you know, get on, like become a C++ programmer. There's not, like it's different for everybody. Um, so the best way to get started is just, just, you know, figure out what's the way for you to, that you're going to learn. Um, you know, figure out what interests you. Um, there's no one fixed path for everybody to enter this, you know, this industry. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing is like, I, I enjoy all forms. I love lectures. I love podcasts. I love, yeah. um, uh, reading actually is probably on the lowest on the list, but like, I absolutely love listening to podcasts. Like I listen to like, I think at this point, like 40 plus podcasts and, um, yeah, CPP cast. I think actually we're going to have to keep track of this. At some point, we are going to be the number two uh, C podcast Woo! out there. Um, currently, right now, it depends on how you define what a C podcast is, because even us, we're like C, you know? <laughs> but like CPP cast is definitely number one. And I think at the moment, CPP chat is number two. But we're going to overtake them. And if you, qual- if you count us. for you. Yeah, if you count us as a C++ podcast, we're number three. And then... How are you, uh, you ranked in terms of subscribers? It depends, but like on my um, app that I used, which is CastBox, I believe, it shows both the number of subscribers and the number of plays. And I sort of... They, they both typically follow... If you're ahead of... In terms of subscribers, you're typically ahead of in terms of views as well. Um, that being said... So we already just tied um, CPP chat on this app with 4,000 uh, views. Um, but they yeah. still have more subscribers. <laughs> boo, they've got, boo. They've got 274. Subscribe to us. I'm kidding. Don't unsubscribe from them. Lovely people. Yeah, they've got 274 and we're at 162. Um, but but our, our, tr- our trajectory our acceleration yes yeah is greater than theirs we've yeah. got a lot of momentum and also yeah, momentum a lot of regularity in that we've never missed also too yeah we've never missed a friday we're we at what have. episode 67 what 68? would it take for us to miss a friday a pandemic didn't do it oh yeah should we should we talk about tail end the uh, tail end of this <laughs> all right <laughs> Uh, Jeff, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for putting up with us, Jeff. We, uh, we love you. We, we love all of our listeners. We I really mean, do. It's, we... Still, it's still hard to believe that people want to listen to this. Yeah, I mean, we did really, we have a little bit fallen off of the wagon. We, yeah, well, uh, don't worry. We, wagon? We, we, wagon? We back on the, no, wagon. 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 Say, wagon. Say like wagon. 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 <laughs> wagon. <laughs> 
the problem is, the problem is, is that I'm just having too much fun now. I'm just know. like. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, I've always, I've always described it to people as like this podcast is all is just about the bromance chemistry that we have. Uh, have we mentioned Stood Reduce in like ten episodes? No, uh, no. we haven't. No. <laughs> but Although are we, we having we, a great time? We should talk about. We should talk about Stood Fold at some point. Okay. All right. We'll wrap it up. All right. We're, we're having gonna, fun. We're gonna actually, good content's coming. We need to actually stop recording because this is this is gone. How long have we how long have we been recording for? Uh, an hour and forty five minutes. I've been recording for an hour and fifty three, so I'm hitting the stop button. I'm hitting the stop button. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed and have a great day.